Well, hey everyone, and welcome to episode number six today of our midweek series called, not midweek series, our weekday series called Your Questions, God's Questions, and this is the sixth question that I'm answering today, and uh, thank you so much for joining in, and uh, as usual, I encourage you to share these, uh, these little, little podcasts with other people. And you can do so by sharing this feed on Facebook. Uh, we will also put this on the Podbean um, and Apple Podcast platforms, as well as our website at citypointchurch.ca. So maybe there's a question that I deal with that you, oh, this person needs to hear this answer. It's not only something for you, but it's something for somebody else as well. And um, today's question comes from a conversation that I had with a uh, a uh, person uh, where I work two days a week uh, over at a large food bank. And um, this person, uh, not a Christian, grew up uh, in the Roman Catholic uh, tradition, actually in a school run by uh, by nuns, so very strict, and uh, kind of walked away from it, I think, uh, over time. And this person had a question that's a very popular question, and it is, did Jesus have a wife? Now, she asked it a little different than that. It was more like, well, didn't Jesus have kind of women in his life? And didn't he have romantic relationships with women? How can we be expected to believe that he did not? And uh, this is a very good question because it actually is a deeper question than that. Uh, What this question is doing really is questioning the uh, truth of the gospel record. So the information that we have about Jesus is from the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that we find in the Bible's New Testament. Now, when you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, you have absolutely no inkling, hint, question about it. Uh, Jesus was was uh, not married. Jesus was a uh, an exemplary uh, rabbi. Uh, Jesus, being an exemplary rabbi, would not have relationships outside of marriage anyway, and he certainly was not married. The various debates that people had with him where they challenged him on his particular views of marriage and so on, and the parables dealing with marriage. Uh, if anybody questioned whether or not he was married, they would they would obviously bring that up to him and to try and challenge him. Uh, but they did not. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees and so on uh, would have used that uh, in some way to challenge him, uh, but they did not. So we have absolutely no indication from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John that Jesus had any kind of relationships with women that were romantic or something, or that he married uh, Mary Magdalene. That is a theory uh, popularized by movies like The Da Vinci Code. And there's just absolutely no evidence for this in the Gospels. The question is a bigger question. The question is, can the Gospels be trusted? Or should we believe some of these other stories that come much later than the Gospels about all these things about Jesus. You know, you pick up a, 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 a Bible that the Roman Catholic Church um, uh, reads, and you're going to see a whole bunch of extra books in there and a whole bunch of extra stories allegedly true about Jesus. Uh, the Gnostics 
would hint that Jesus had a relationship in particular with Mary Magdalene. So why do we trust the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and can they be trusted? Now, for more information on this, I would invite you to uh, dig on our website, citypointchurch.ca, or on our Facebook page, City Point uh, Quebec, and look for my message on um, can the is the New Testament reliable? Can the Gospels be trusted? In a series that we did called Jesus Said What? And there I go into it at length for about 40 straight minutes, a 45-minute message with charts and all kinds of stuff so that you can get a more detailed answer. But simply put, we trust Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and the entire New Testament, um, and we don't even have the original New Testament. All we have is ancient copies of the New Testament. But we trust the New Testament because it is the earliest source material that we have about Jesus. And it was being transmitted and copied within the lifetime of the contemporaries of Christ. In fact, it was being copied so fast and being preached on so quickly by the early church and the early church fathers that we don't even need any copies to rebuild the entire New Testament, save a few verses. So by the year 96, there was so much preaching um, in the early church that quoted from the New Testament that we don't even need the copies of the New Testament. All we need is the sermons of the early church fathers by the year 96. That is ridiculous for the ancient world. And so what it proves is the source material that we have about Jesus was being copied, circulated, transmitted while these people were still alive So and in a hostile environment. So if there were lies, discrepancies, exaggerations, falsehoods, uh, ways to stop the movement dead in its tracks, the Romans would have done it. Um, uh, a group, certainly a group of Jews would have tried to do it and try to disprove this whole thing. But nobody does. And it spreads so fast. There's no other document in the ancient world from that time that compares to the New Testament in terms of how fast it was copied and how many copies there were. Nothing compares to it at all, and that just that's just a fact of history. So um, there's no room for discrepancy. Well, dis- discrepancies is one thing, but error, deliberate error to creep in. For sure, we have problems and questions and things that are discrepancies in the Gospels. Things look like contradictions, and there's pieces of a puzzle that we have to put together and so on. Um, But the text is pure, and what we have today are excellent copies that are like 99.9% what the original said. There are some questions, but they're very, very minor. So we have no originals, but the copies appear so fast and are so numerous that we have good reason to trust the source material about Jesus. And this is from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the book of Acts, and the rest of the New Testament altogether, 27 pieces of literature 
uh, preserved for us. So all this other stuff, you know, about Jesus and these different legends and all that, these come after. These were not accepted by the early church as being authoritative. They didn't have the, the mark of apostleship on them. They weren't connected. The writers weren't connected to apostles. Um, and the early church rejected them, and they rejected them early. Uh, people talk about, you know, the Council of Trent and whatever, the 3rd century, 4th century, and this is when the church allegedly put together the Bible. That is nonsense. The, the, the New Testament was recognized as authoritative as we have it today, the 27 letters or books, very early, way before the Council of Trent. All the Council of Trent did was was codify what people already accepted. Um, and and even when you line up those things like the Gnostic Gospels and the uh, the Apocrypha and so on with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to see real differences. You're going to see a different Jesus there, and that's because those are not authentic. When we read the Gospels, we read about people who put their own sins in there. The authors themselves uh, record some things, even that Jesus did and said, that are, that bother us, that disturb us. That's because they're accurate. They record things about themselves, their shortcomings, their failures. That's because they're accurate. They record, for example, that women were the first people to discover the empty tomb. Unheard of in the ancient world. Women weren't even allowed in a court of law. Their testimony was regarded as unreliable. And yet, Yet they are the first ones to testify about the resurrection of Jesus. On and on and on you could go. But this thing bears the marks of authenticity in terms of an accurate historical document. Even with the miracles, even with all of these things, we scratch our heads and we say, well, how could that have happened? All these miracles and all of these things. Well, folks, I, I mean we can deny that and say that those things didn't happen, but then we have a real problem on our hands. We have to say, well, how did they get in the text? And we can't we can't build any case for saying they were inserted later because it was copied too early. We can't say that they lied. They all died for a lie. Nobody does that. We can't say it's an exaggeration. They seem to know the difference between exaggeration and non-exaggeration. So all of these different views as to, as to what we do with the supernatural content uh, of the Gospels, they all kind of kind of fall flat. And ultimately, we have to deal with the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And so we wind up with a real problem if we try to believe these tales, um, you know, that Jesus was married and so on, because what we have is a reliable historical document when we look into the pages of the New Testament, okay? Um, uh, Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 3, and our church is doing uh, the letters of Peter on Sunday morning, and he said this, In your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect and maybe you're a christ follower on the other end of this camera you're listening to this we've got to give a reason it's a good question that's asked there we've got to have a solid conviction as to why we believe that the bible is true and it's got to stand up to intellectual rigor and we have to be able to to um be bold and and to be courageous as we stand for the things uh, that we believe now more so than ever 
and uh, we ha- we still have the Bible, and the Bible isn't going away, and and God's word is not changing, and um, He's looking for people who will stand up and say this is what it says, and this is why I believe that it's true, and and arguments that will w- withstand the skepticism of the age, and will withstand intellectual rigor. It's good to ask questions. Questions bring you closer to God, not farther. If you seek and you look for the answers with an open heart and an open mind, God will give them to you in in many, many cases. So if you have a question that you want answered, uh, please uh, send it to me at citypointchurch.ca slash contact, or you can uh, communicate with me uh, through the the uh, cell number that you'll see on whatever whatever you're looking at should have it, uh, Facebook or uh, or our website. Okay, so God bless you. I look forward to being with you again tomorrow as we take a look at your questions.